Lochne. It's a lake as big as the ocean. It's a lake that goes on and on. It's the largest lake you've ever seen. If you've only ever been on this island. It's a lake that at one time wasn't there at all. Loch Ness. At one time there was nothing there. Nothing but a beautiful open plain. And it was on that open plain that Liban was born and Liban grew up with her sister Aru and her father Oki Mukmatok and her mother Evelyn and her uncle Rig and all of the followers of Oki and Rig all of them had come from somewhere else this was the story that Liban grew up with a story that she and her sister heard over and over because their parents loved to tell it. Because of how grand and romantic it was. It was a little less grand and romantic when you were their daughter and you didn't really want to think about your parents being involved in a grand romance, but they heard it time and time again. Liban and Eru. Aru. They heard again and again how their parents' love was forbidden. Evelu was married. And she was married to none other than Uki Makmothok and Rig's father. An arranged marriage. And one that she was not overly enthusiastic about. But a good marriage. But she had found her eye wandering and her eye settling on her new husband's grown-up son, Oki Makmotok. And she had found her wandering eye returned. The two of them, well, they were drawn to each other all the more for how wrong it was, how excitingly illicit the whole thing But drawn to each other they were. And Evelu, well, her father, her foster father, was Angus Oak. And he was ever in favour of love, especially when it was illicit, especially when it was forbidden, especially when it might cause trouble. And so he encouraged her in this love affair. When she went to him for consultation, he encouraged her to follow her heart and to go with this younger man. And so, Oki and Evelu decided to leave. And Rig, Oki's brother, wanted to come with them. And the three of them conspired to run away and to found their own kingdom in the north. This was the story Liban grew up with. And the story did not stop with the escape. Daring as that had been. No, they escaped, they ran. And they ran into trouble. And the greatest trouble they ran into was that their horses were killed. 
They didn't know who by. But that put a damper on things that slowed them down. Until Avelu asked Mananon MacLear for help. And he appeared, leading an extraordinary horse. A great and wonderful horse. But he warned them. He warned them that this was no ordinary horse and that they had to be careful of this horse. They couldn't let this horse stop and rest. This was one of the white horses of Mananon MacLear, and if it stopped and rested, it would start to urinate. And if that happened, they'd find themselves in a world of trouble they just weren't ready for. So with that warning, they took the magnificent magical horse and they pressed on, careful not to let the horse rest, careful not to let the horse stop, always someone keeping the horse walking in a circle while the rest of them camped, and while the rest of them cooked, and while the rest of them ate. But eventually in their travels they came to a great plain in the north, and it seemed like a fine place, but there was a problem. There was no water on this plain. It would be an arid place to make a settlement. But they paused, Oki and Avely and Rig, and they looked about them. And they didn't notice that someone who was in charge of the horse had let the horse stop and rest. And the horse started to pass water. And they, when they caught on to this, they got the thing moving again, but the place where the horse had urinated, there was still water bubbling up there. And they looked a while and they stared a while and they saw that this was a spring. A spring that had sprung up from the ground as if it had always been there. Now, it took a little while before anyone was brave enough to taste the water. By smelling it and looking at it, it didn't look like horse piss. It looked like fresh, clear, good water. And so it was. And so they decided that they would make their home on this beautiful, wide plain, uninhabited. Because up until now, there had been not enough water. But that was why the spring had to be covered. That was what Liban and her sister grew up with. The story of keeping the well covered, keeping the spring covered so that this magical horse's magical stream didn't overpower them, didn't overcome them. It's hard to know what to believe. When your grandfather is Angus Og and there is magic all around and the spring that you get your drinking water from is the piss of a magic horse it's hard to know 
where reality begins and imagination ends. But this was the world that they lived in. Aru and Liban. This was the world that they grew up in. A world where saying something could make it so. A world where a horse could create a magical spring. A world where lovers were helped by a god of the other world. It was a world of endless possibilities. Or so it seemed. Until Aru got sick. And young Aru died. Now to Liban it seemed that her sister's death flew in the face of everything she'd known. This was not a story with a happy ending anymore. It was not a tale of her parents running away together and founding a kingdom and living happily ever after because they were not happy now. And ever after did not have room in it for death and grief and loss. And Liban looked about her and her parents and the great love that had caused them to run away from home and family and responsibility. She saw people who did not know what to do with a feeling this size the grief big enough to drown in, as vast as a lake, as vast as an ocean. And Liban herself began to retreat. After Aru's burial, after her grave was made, Liban buried herself away as well. The only person she wanted to talk to about Aru's death was Aru. Because she couldn't, she talked to her lapdog. And her lapdog was a playful little thing, always managing to cheer her up. Never lost the attitude of a puppy, even though it was a fully grown dog by now. She would take her little dog into her bower and she would shut out the world and everyone in it. And so it was that on the day that it happened, Liban was the last to know. Every time water was drawn from that spring, the spring that the horse had made when the people first came to this land, to this wide, flat plain, the spring was covered over again because it was one of the horses of Manlon Maglir because they did not know the limits of its magic. But one day the woman who was drawing water from the spring forgot to secure the cover over it. And the water did not stop. And by the time Ohi Makmothok saw that the spring was flooding, it was too late. 
He and Rieg tried to push the cover back down on the well, but they couldn't. It was in full flow now. It pushed them back. The pressure was so great. As if all this water had been underground the whole time and had just been waiting for an opportunity to come bursting forth. There was panic. There was confusion. There were shouts of alarm. And Liban heard them, but she did not want to know what her parents were worried about today. She wanted to stay, and so she stayed. She kept her doors closed. She closed up her ears to the shouts and the cries outside. And she paid no attention to what was happening. Until it was too late. And then... Then she noticed the silence. She was playing with her little dog. She realised that they were in a bubble of silence. There was no more shouting from outside. No more cries. No more running feet. Just nothing. Just her and her little dog. And when she went to her door, she didn't open it. Not right away. She pressed her ear to it and she heard nothing. Deep, cold silence. And then she heard a drip, drip, drip coming from the ceiling of her bower. And as soon as she noticed one, it was as if something had been held back by her lack of attention. And now that she noticed it, there was more than one. And suddenly there were leaks springing up all through the little room. And she realised what had happened. She realised it as if it was something obvious that should have occurred to her before. Her bower was underwater. Her bower was drowned. Her father's kingdom was drowned. And she scooped up her little dog in her arms and she knew that in a moment she and her little dog would be drowned as well. But Liban had grown up in a world of magic. Where the place where imagination begins and reality ends is loose and shifting. So she called out. She cried out she would be a salmon and her little dog would be able to swim in the water as well as she, a salmon, could. And the waters crashed in on them. 
and Liban was not drowned. She felt her limbs flex and change. She felt her legs grow together, strong and muscular. But she did not turn into a salmon. She kept her beautiful face. She kept her own voice. And her little dog did not turn into a fish. It turned into an otter. Still as playful. Still as loving. And Liban found herself alone. Truly alone. All her father's people and her mother's people and her uncle's followers either fled or drowned at the bottom of this huge lake kept growing and growing and growing it seemed as though it would never stop but at last it did a lake that seemed as big as the ocean but Liban knew that it was not She was able to find the waterway that led her out. She was able to find her way to the real ocean and taste the difference in the waves there. She was able to swim through the silence of many waterways. She got to know the different sounds of them, the different tastes of them, the different feel of salt water and fresh water, cold currents and warm. And there were sounds under there, after all. Distant singing. Strange clicks of rocks hitting together. And the splashing of her little dog, who followed her still, playing still. Liban swam. And Liban sang. In her solitude, She explored everywhere. And when next she spoke to a human being, 300 years had passed. When next she spoke to a human being, she spoke to a cleric named Bjorn. He interrupted her song to ask her about herself. Speaking to a human again after so long, Liban was flooded with the same kind of loneliness. She'd not felt in a long, long time. She remembered when she was able to walk on dry land. She remembered when she had known her sister, her mother, her father, her uncle. All of the people who'd followed them to make their new home in the north. And he told her stories. He told her stories of a wonderful peace and happiness that was waiting for her in the afterlife. And he asked to meet her again. To tell her more stories. She agreed to meet him a year from then 
And for that year she spent, she spent it swimming and singing and thinking. She had been by herself such a long, lonely time. Perhaps it was time for a change again. Perhaps it was time not to be a salmon anymore. Perhaps it was time to change into something new. And when she went to their meeting place, she did not meet the monk, Buon. She was caught in a fishing net by another monk, Fergus. And Liban found herself the subject of their quarrel. Both of them wanted to convert her. But it was not their way to fight and quarrel. That was not how these people settled disputes. They didn't run away together. Instead, they went and they fasted. And they waited for visions. And the vision they saw was to bring her to the grave of her sister, Ar. And to wait there for two stags to emerge. And to yoke those stags to a chariot. And to put Liban in the chariot and let the stags take her where she was supposed to go. And it seemed to her like the kind of thing that her mother or her father would do. To put it in the hands of a magical animal from the other world. So she went along with this. And sure enough, two stags emerged from her sister's grave. And she sat into the back of the chariot, with her salmon tail speckled and rainbowed behind her. And the stags brought her to a church. She was given a choice, Liban. She was asked then what she wanted to do. Would she have another 300 years in the waterways with the silence and her singing? Or would she go now, straight away, to the kingdom of heaven? She had been in her father's kingdom for all her mortal life. She had been a sister and a daughter and she had been a long, long time alone, swimming and singing and silent. So she made her choice. She was baptized. Mergen, the seaborn, and she died, choosing again to change. And if there is a kingdom of heaven, it was promised to her.